This year, the discounts were meaningful, and the American consumer is less scared, hesitant, afraid than I think that people had surmised. And as a result, brands did really well. And I saw that in all categories. I saw that in personal care. I saw that in beauty. I saw that in like pets. Uh, like Everywhere I went, I was like, okay, people did really well here. This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Get paid monthly and take a year off from running your Shopify business with Open Store Drive. Open Store's experts will handle everything, including your business's marketing, customer support, inventory, and more. Shopify businesses with more than 500K in yearly net sales qualify. Head to open.store slash limited for details. Nick, uh, we are in the middle of Black Friday, Cyber Monday holiday season. This is episode four. Um, yeah. It is Cyber Monday today. This episode will drop in 48 hours. A lot of exciting stuff to talk about from Black Friday. I know there's a lot of great things that you saw during Black Friday, maybe some not so great things. I want to start out with a list of winners for Black Friday. That's re- unique for me. I-, I feel like I like to talk about bad things. Now I'm going to talk about good things. Okay. Let's go. This turkey must have been good. I think there are three big winners here. Uh, one is Shopify. $4.1 billion in sales, a 22% increase in sales from last year, a $110 AOV, 15% of sales crossing borders. You know, I didn't hear anything about Shopify downtime. I didn't hear anything about Shopify problems. I didn't hear at shop pay going down for anybody. All I heard were my store was running. It was on the whole time. Whether it li- lived or died or whether I succeeded or failed was a result of me. It wasn't a result of Shopify. And the other two winners I have are sort of in that same bucket. They're Clavio and Stripe. No downtime from Clavio. I feel like in the past, I've sort of seen it's been really difficult to create emails or send emails, or there's been an issue with email sending from Clavio on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You know, it's Cyber Monday and it's 2 p.m. Central Time for me. And uh, I still haven't heard a single thing about Clavio or Stripe having downtime, which is pretty bananas. I did also see this year that Clavio implemented 24-7 support through Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which I think wow. this is the first time they've done that. Okay. I, I would imagine inspired by Jimmy from Senlane yeah. Uh, yeah. tweeting every about it every tweet weekend. I yeah, I don't know <laughs> anything about Senlane, uh, but I do know they offer 24-7 support. Good for them. That's a smart thing to offer for Black Friday, Cyber yeah. Monday weekend. One of the other things I wanted to mention was um, Stripe has this dashboard where they're like counting all of the dollars sold via Stripe uh, from Black Friday until through Cyber Monday. Did you see that? I did. So I didn't do a good job. You know what I should have done is I should have looked at the end of Black Friday to compare their sales to Shopify sales. So I could be like, okay, uh, this is how much volume Shopify is of Stripe's entire business. But I looked at it about 20 minutes ago and it was $14.4 billion. Stripe is basically saying from Black Friday through now, they've done $14.4 billion in sales. You know, just trying to extrapolate how much of that was Black Friday is unclear. Yeah, but like, you know, let's say half of that was Black Friday. Okay, so like, you know, it's Monday now. We're talking about, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and half of Monday. Let's say half of the sales of that $14.4 billion were done on Black Friday, which I think is probably more than is like realistically attributable. I bet it's less than half. That means that they did $7 billion worth of transactions on Black Friday. Shopify did $4.1 billion. Shopify is easily number one customer of Stripe and maybe more than 50% of Stripe's transaction volume. It makes me wonder too, like 
why does Shopify need Stripe to continue doing this? Like, if this is just this year alone, in one day, they process 4.1 billion, you know, even if Stripe is taking 1% of that, that's like $40 million. And, you know, I bet they could create something for $40 million that would prevent them from having to give that away. I've always wondered why they need Stripe versus like building their own. Me too, especially because Stripe has like, you know, Shopify's market cap is probably around, is around $95 billion today. Stripe's is theoretically $20, $40 billion. It's privately traded, but so we don't know exactly what it is, but let's say it's somewhere around 20 to $40 billion. That is a meaningful amount of Shopify's market cap. Like 20% of the business is credit card processing. Like they could add another 20% of their like market capitalization by doing credit card processing. And that kind of blows my mind. Totally. Okay. Uh, let's move on. So we got three winners, no losers, Shopify, Klaviyo, Stripe, all winning, all doing a really good job of uptime, processing transactions. No one's failing. Did you see any unique Black Friday market? Let's let's go, let's ignore the big players now and try and get to the smaller players. Did you see any unique Black Friday marketing? Um, I'm curious to see if you saw anything ingenious. I didn't see anyone do our Gmail calendar hack, although I heard somebody might have done it. I'm trying to get statistics on it. Uh, Did you see any interesting Black Friday holiday ideas? I didn't see anything too out of the ordinary. I tried to click on almost every ad to see if they were going to special landing pages or they had unique experiences on their site. But pretty much everything that I saw was fairly standard. There wasn't anything that, that was out of the ordinary. I didn't see anybody do the calendar hack. I saw a lot more, I would say, plain text emails go out from brands. and But besides that, honestly, I didn't really see much. Yeah, I saw some plain text emails go out as well. I also saw some best sale of the year. This is the best discount you're going to get all year. Uh, subject lines, which I thought was uh, great. I also saw... Uh, you know, Brewmate. I sit on the board of Brewmate, so let me cl- caveat this conversation by saying that I thought they did something interesting. They used Tapcart to power their mobile app, and the mobile app icon said Black Friday sale at the bottom. And I was like, "Oh, this is really smart!" Like I'm just swiping through my mobile phone, and the app icon on my iPhone says Black Friday sale. And I was like, "Okay, you guys are like that is really thoughtful." That got me to click the app icon, and I was like, "Okay, this is an interesting way to advertise Black Friday." Yeah, that's true. That is like, uh, one day I'm going to write all these little real estate. I've, I look at this as real estate, like your app icon or Definitely. you know, just random things where you can basically insert new graphics or, or new imagery that uh, you know, is basically real estate that you, you own as a brand. And I love when brands do that in a unique way. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let me tell you about a couple of things that I thought were not that great that I saw. Uh, one is a lot of brands would only post their Black Friday sale discount at like the top banner, like the line that goes across their page. It would say the Black Friday discount at the top banner. And there would be no like, you know, you'd go to their homepage. You wouldn't go like, you know, one of the things that we chatted about was you shouldn't just advertise your Black Friday sale to your email customers. It should be everyone who lands on the page. And so on your homepage, you should have a big hero image of like Black Friday sale. Here's the discount. There are a few brands that I saw that just had the Black Friday like sale in the top banner. And I thought that was like a little bit lazy. They should have geared up for it a little bit more, created a hero image for it. I think I saw this. I'm not entirely sure. I think I saw this at like Tracksmith, but I'm not positive. Um, I saw it at a couple of brands where I was like, on the hero image, it was a little hard to find out what the Black Friday sale was. And I thought they should have done a a better job of that. 
the other things that I saw that weren't that great is I saw a couple apparel brands that I like to shop from, uh, which is why I was looking at them. They were out of stock on like mediums and larges on Black Friday. And I was like, how are you out of stock on the biggest day of the year for a standard size? Like, you, I can understand you being out of stock on extra small or extra, extra small or triple XL. Medium and large is like 80% of your business probably. How are you out of stock on medium and large? And I thought that was a big miss for both of these brands uh, where I was like, you know, you guys just aren't doing a good job of inventory planning. And if even if you're not doing that, you should at least be ready with like um, a pre-order. Let me pre-order this discount um, instead of just saying out of stock, you can't shop on Black Friday, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. You know that brand Breeze, Nick Shackelford's um, course, yeah. drink brand? They yeah. do a really good job of when they sell out, they basically tell you like, all right, the next batch is getting shipped here and it's, you know, 36% full. If you order now, your your shipment will be in this batch when it gets delivered this date. So it still lets you purchase, which I think is amazing. And they're still capitalizing on the traffic that's on the site. But, you know, they're not turning away people. Because I agree. That I went to such a, a good uh, idea. Yeah, I went to the Western Rise site to get some more black t-shirts and uh, you know the black large T-shirt was sold out, and uh, and then it came in stock for you know I got an email that it was back in stock. I went to the site like probably a couple hours later, and again it was sold out. And you know I, it probably would have been smarter for really any brand to just keep selling, then email somebody and say, hey, we're going to be a few a couple weeks late, but you're still we're still going to honor your discount rather than you know you miss the sale and then when it's in stock and you go back, you're not paying full price. Yeah. And I think you missed the sale and you're like, okay, let me just go buy this Western Rise shirt from somebody else. Let me go buy a true classic shirt instead of this. And now I don't need a shirt anymore. Yeah, totally. What were uh, some of the categories that you saw on your end from the brands that you have access to that did really well and ones that did really poor? Believe it or not, I didn't see many brands do really poor. Um, I think for two reasons. I I think one is People were afraid that the American consumer was really gone. Like, I, I think generally people are afraid of like what consumer sentiment is. And so brands were offering real discounts, not like, you know, 10% off, not like, you know, in 2020, COVID had hit and you're like, okay, it's Black Friday. I'm already sold out of everything. I don't need to discount. I can barely keep stuff in stock. And so your discounts were really small. This year, the discounts were meaningful and the American consumer is less scared, hesitant, afraid than I think that people had surmised. And as a result, brands did really well. And I saw that in all categories. I saw that in personal care. I saw that in beauty. I saw that in like pets. Uh, like Everywhere I went, I was like, okay, people did really well here. Really well could uh, means a lot of different things. Like Bigger brands were up 2x. Some brands were up 50%. I didn't talk to anybody who was down a meaningful amount that had geared up for Black Friday. Yeah, the only one that I saw that was down was on like the beverage side of things. I didn't see as much sell through, but for the most part, almost everything did really well. And from what we saw, everything that was high AOV, over $200, call it, performed extremely well on Facebook, specifically the brands that had good brands. So they're brands that are well-known brands, or maybe they're not well-known brands, but they've sort of established themselves as a strong brand or they have good brand positioning. Those companies that uh, did that had the highest ROAS on our side in terms of uh, dollar in, dollar out. The companies that were less AOV, more consumable, 
or maybe even supplements. Uh, they had much lesser efficiency, but um, you know, not terrible. Like it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like you know, an apparel brand that had you know, we had an apparel brand doing an 11x ROAS all the way through through now, actually. Uh, okay, uh, let me ask you several questions. One is the largest brand that you're affiliated with in any way. What was their revenue? If you can share that, you don't need to share the brand name, but what was the largest? They did, I want to say, seventeen million on Black Friday on Shopify. What the fuck? Okay, I hope that's hexclad because that is fucking insane. <laughs> that is a lot. Seventeen million dollars. Holy cow! We had a brand that. They're a big brand in the US and we manage their Canadian business. So all of their paid creative site, et cetera. And um, their ROAS in Canada was a 64.75. Uh, wow. Meaning for every dollar you spent on Facebook, you know, we made $64 back. But that that goes back to my earlier point of you have to like the brands that have strong brand positioning crushed Black Friday. Like they had people who were ready to buy. They, they had people who have, who have been waiting to buy. And I think a lot of that sales slump that we saw late September, October for sure, you know, that I think all got redeemed on Black Friday. Want to take time off from running your current Shopify business to build your next Shopify business? When you join OpenStore Drive, you can take 12 months off to pursue other ventures while still getting paid. You'll receive guaranteed monthly payments for a year, and OpenStore will manage everything, including your business's marketing, customer support, inventory, and more. Shopify businesses with more than $500,000 in yearly net sales qualify. Head to open.store/limited for details. The other question I have for you is, I would love if you, if you have access to a lot more brands than I do. Take two brands that you have access to and look at their Facebook ads on Black Friday. What percentage of their ads are geared towards Black Friday sales versus like their regular Facebook ads? I guess my question is, are these guys changing their entire Facebook advertising strategy for Black Friday? Or is it just a, you know, we started two new ads, we're spending ten, twenty thousand dollars a day, a hundred thousand dollars a day if I'm doing 17 million in sales on that day? And I'm just trying to get people to, like I'm creating a separate ad for Black Friday, or are people still running? Or are people being like, you know, I'm spending a hundred thousand dollars a day, and I, I'm spending eighty thousand regularly and twenty k on Black Friday, or is that I'm spending twenty k regularly and eighty k for Black Friday? I'm curious what the percentages are, and maybe we could do it for the next episode and go through that kind of stuff. I can definitely get more data for the next episode. I can tell you for three brands I've pulled up right now. I would say 80% of the ads are Black Friday focused ads, or they are ads where we just re rewrote the copy overlay on the creative that had already performed prior. So it was sure, like, you know, with Black a Friday, UGC did, video did, yeah. that was doing really well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that's crazy. That is great. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that next week, just so I have an understanding of how people are doing this. You're saying the majority of people are uh, geared towards Black Friday. That's interesting. I never did that at Native, and now I sort of feel like it might have been a mistake. I was sort of like, oh, I'm not going to change my entire advertising strategy for one day. But like, one, we weren't that giftable. But two, maybe it was just a mistake. We had one brand where we didn't actually call out Black Friday in the creative because it's more of a uh, an energy brand. So the, the idea was if we can garner enough social proof 
with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we can let these ads run until the end of January. And that was also successful. So the creative just called out the sale and then, you know, we'll turn this off post Cyber Monday and then return these same creatives on in January because it doesn't mention Black Friday specifically. Okay. You said you didn't do any purchase. Like, did you buy anything for Black Friday? I didn't buy anything. Honestly, I felt overwhelmed when it came to organizing what I wanted to buy. Like there's a few brands that I saw ads for and I was like, you know, I want to get that marine layer fleece coat or I want to go make sure I check out the uh, aloe sale, but I want to go look at these rag and bone jeans. But then when I got to the site, the sites were so overwhelming that I was like, you know what? I'm going to close this. I'll go do this later. And then the later never happened. And so uh, I didn't end up getting anything. I did go to Best Buy and, you know, Best Buy was Best Buy, but I didn't pick up anything there. Wow. You physically walked into the store? I did. Wow. That's so 1998 of you. Did you go to any stores? No, uh, I did. I went to the mall on Black Friday. Back when I was two. (laughs) Uh, I went to the mall on Black Friday with my parents because it's so (laughs) much fun to like, it's so fun. Like I miss malls. I miss the activity of malls. Like they're kind of depressing now. Like when you walk into a mall, I feel like it's a hospital. I'm just like seeing all these patients on their last breath. Like I look at Dillard's and I'm like, how are you still here? You're going to be gone soon. Even like Nordstrom, I'm like, ugh. Uh, but like on Black Friday, it feels like there's a lot of vitality at malls. And so I went to one in Austin and it was fantastic. Speaking of Nordstrom, one really cool thing I did notice in their app that must have just been added for Black Friday was they now do this thing where if you look at any item, so let's say you look at a, a shirt or a pair of jeans, when you go back to the home screen now, they will give you multiple outfits, like different tops, shoes, socks, whatever, that complement that one piece you were looking at and just make it very, basically a a really smart, advanced, apparel-specific recommendation engine that I thought was amazing. That's so smart. I'm doing a little bit of furniture shopping because I'm trying to like buy some furniture. And they, none of these uh, stores do that. You go to like Crate and Barrel or CB2 or West Elm and you're like, yeah, I'm looking at this coffee table. They're like, here's this coffee table. Are you interested in this pot? And I'm like, why are you not look, showing me chairs that go with this coffee table, a rug that goes with this coffee table? Like it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Okay. There's one brand I saw that didn't do any Black Friday sale that I was waiting for. Let me talk about my Black Friday shopping because it's the exact opposite of yours. I purchased everything. Yeah. Uh, it was Hoka. Hoka did no Black Friday sales, which I thought was crazy. Nice. I purchased a Vesta board, which I've wanted for a while, and I finally pulled the trigger on. Do you know what a Vesta board is? Is that with the uh, the letters that change it? Yeah. Up? Yeah, that's right. I bought a Tesla, and then Tesla dropped prices on Black Friday. I bought a Tesla like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then on Friday they dropped prices. And so I, I called them up and I was like, hey, can you adjust the price to match your new price? And they're like, no, uh, you need to cancel your order. And I was like, all right, well, cancel the order then. And uh, you know, I was like, this is crazy. You just dropped What did you pr- get, the Cybertruck? No, no, I bought an SUV and now I don't have one because I canceled the order. And I'm like, maybe I should just get a Rivian or something else. Nice. Uh, I thought it was silly that they wouldn't just adjust the price. But I looked online and they never adjust prices. They're like, yes, we reduced the price. Your delivery has not happened yet. You can cancel your order, but we cannot adjust the price. And I'm like, this is so silly. Why would you make me go through all this friction again to get the better price? You should just be like, we're going to give you the better price. Yeah. 
what else did I buy? I bought like um, some 10,000 stuff, although they were the guys who were out of stock on larges. I bought it on like Wednesday and on Friday they were out of stock. And I was like, you guys are so silly. I bought some big favorite. Man, I did so much shopping. I feel like I have 400 purchase, like, you know, 400 things coming to my house. I bought something from NAA supporting American yeah, Express. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. N-A-A-D-A-M. I don't know what the, I don't know how to pronounce that store. Uh Nadam? Nadam? Yeah, Nadam or Nadam. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. You shouldn't put two A's next to each other in, in your brand name. <laughs> Word of advice for e-commerce, yeah. inspiring e-commerce entrepreneurs. Don't put two A's next next to your name. Um Suit Supply, which I love. Uh, I, I purchased a bunch of stuff. Nice. That's awesome. I'd love to hear about what worked and what didn't work. Uh, here's one thing I was thinking about as I was as Black Friday was happening in terms of emails. One is, you know, everyone has a high un- like one is uh, generally I think the philosophy that people don't adhere to but should is more emails the better. It almost always makes sense to send out that last email if you're like maybe I shouldn't send it out. The unsubscribe rate is never as bad as you think it'll be. Uh, but I wish that people would do two things. One is. If you're unsubscribing from an email, you should instead of saying buy forever, there should be an option to say unsubscribe to everything except Black Friday emails. Like still send me Black Friday. Emails. I saw that. That was a genius idea. The other thing I think you should do is unsubscribe to only to Black Friday emails for the rest of the year. So basically, like if you're sending out your third email on Black Friday and you're like, okay, I've heard enough from Sharma Media. Uh, I don't need three emails from them. I, when I click unsubscribe, it should say, do you want to unsubscribe from emails during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday period right now? So that way I don't get any more emails for 10 more days and you can save a bunch of people who you're about to email 10 more times. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell me what you were seeing. So we definitely did that for the brands that we run email for, like sending sending additional sends, just excluding people who had bought the offer. Or if it was a more upscale brand than excluding people who were clickers. If you were an opener, I think we just kept sending to you as well. We also, honestly, we saw like Facebook perform so well. We saw TikTok start to perform extremely well on uh, like second half of Friday going into Saturday. And that's TikTok ads, not TikTok shop. But the ROAS on TikTok was uh, comparable to Facebook, at least for consumable products, not necessarily high AOV products. Oh, that's amazing. What else did we see? I mean, I think the brands that also like did a good job building their email list throughout the year, they really benefited because you know it was like you didn't have to go spend ads. It was just as soon as your notification went out, and you're a brand that people want to buy products from, people immediately flocked and went. We adjusted a couple sales to have a even bigger discount, and that performed extremely well, just like, you know, Black Friday deal was already out, but on Saturday, hey, you get an extra 10% off if you buy today. That performed extremely well. And again, that goes to people who didn't buy because we don't want to piss people off. And then the last thought I had was... You know, UGC in ad creative also significantly outperformed, had the highest ROAS pretty much across the board, UGC and like static ads. Your traditional like video, Facebook videos stuff didn't do that well, but if it was UGC, it did really well. And if it was just a static ad from a brand that had a good reputation or a well-known brand that just clearly stated the offer, that was, you know, the best performing creative in the account. 
Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Really good feedback. I, I can't. I didn't realize that it was UGC or static ads. That's so interesting. Okay, I've got one final question for you. I'm not, I want to ask more of these questions now that the year is wrapping up. What was the best conference you went to this year? You go to a bunch of these things. You speak at a bunch of them. What was your favorite? People are planning out conferences of which ones they should attend next year. Yeah, I think one of my absolute favorites was Commerce Summit, uh, which we were both at in New York. Yeah. And I think I liked that a lot because they were very strict on on who could come, which just made the conversations like, you know, it's not like I feel like some conferences you go to them and you don't really know like who the crowd is. So you're not necessarily as open with the issues you're facing or the things you're working on or some of the innovation that you have planned. Whereas at Commerce Summit, uh, you know, going into it, even just the messaging was very strict. You cannot share the location of where this is happening. You cannot invite people. If you do, you'll be banned forever. Uh, and then you get there and, you know, I think Harley opened up the day and you just had a bunch of people who were there to just share information. So that to me was probably my favorite. I also think they did the best job in terms of programming and also making sure that uh, you as a attendee get to meet and like build a relationship with as many people as possible. Usually you go to conferences and it's like you hang out with your clique or you sort of force your way to network through it. Here it was like effortless networking. They were just like, you know, hey, we're going to set you up here and you know, this is the topic and you, you know, you we know you you this whole group here has the same problem, so you guys are going to discuss this and you just walk away meeting awesome people. So I think Commerce Summit was my favorite. I think I really enjoy going to Grow. They do a fantastic job also curating good people more than anything to the conference. I got to say the production at Marketing Land, I think was probably the best production I've ever seen at an event in terms of like, you know, the setup, the venue, et cetera. Yeah, those are probably my top. What about you? I thought Commerce Summit was my favorite as well. Like really high quality people, really interesting discussions. Never felt like I was being pitched by agencies or like, you know, third parties. I felt like a real, uh, it was. It felt like genuine conversations and not sales pitches, which I really loved. I thought they did a great job of that. The sales pitches piece really like rubs people the wrong way, especially when you go and, uh, you know, even if you don't meet somebody there, but then you start getting follow-up emails from people who are like, oh, we didn't get a chance to connect, but, you know, here's my calendar please book a time. And then you don't respond. And then the next six months you get follow-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Um, anyway, that was everything that I wanted to cover. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover, Nick? No, I think that was pretty much it. I think, uh, you know, going into Black Friday 2024, you know, I'll, I'll say this year, I, with all of everything happening in the news and everything news-wise or, or economic news-wise that was coming out, I was pretty skeptical that Black Friday was going to be a big success this year. And I think to some degree, it probably made me do less going into Black Friday. And I think next year, I'm just going to, if I have that thought or that gut feeling, I'm just going to ignore it because it seems like Black Friday is the one thing you can, you know, you got death taxes and Black Friday will get bigger every year. Those are three things you can always count on. So I think that was one learning. The other one was, you know, throughout the summer, especially, I think I'm going to make it a bigger focus to collect email addresses for people who 
would be good Black Friday purchasers. I think that's it's something that we always think about or talk about, but I think being truly intentional and saying, you know, the same way you have a revenue goal of let's say, you know, we have to do a million dollars this month. I think in the same way you should say, okay, we need to make sure that we collect 250,000 emails this month because uh, this is what, you know, the return is coming on Black Friday for this investment. And we need to make sure that we're prepared for that. That is a great point, especially like getting into late Q2, early Q3, like, you know, August, September, you really want to be like, hey, how can I collect a lot of emails, especially if those are slow months for a lot of businesses. So when you get to Black Friday, you can really get the return. That is such a great point and something that nobody ever thinks about. Okay, I guess the one other thing I'd love to say is if you're a brand that tried something unique on Black Friday, whether it worked or didn't work, please email Nick or I, DM us, Instagram message us, get back to us in some way. We'd love to talk about unique marketing strategies that worked or didn't work, not just for this Black Friday, but like so we, people can prepare and get excited for next Black Friday. Um, I'd really love to understand, like, you know, did that Gmail calendar invite marketing technique work? How did post how did direct mail work for Black Friday? Uh, please get back to us. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a wrap for episode four. Uh, looking forward to chatting next week when we've got some more ideas about Black Friday and we start talking about other things in e-commerce. Sweet. I'll bring some real data, some good numbers for next week, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.